0: This is episode 66, and today we finish up a three-part series from the book Atomic Habits by James Clear. In this final part, we will break down the laws of behavior three and four when it comes to habits, according to uh, James Clear, who is the author. In the last episode, we discussed uh, the first two laws, make it obvious and make it attractive. So let's just go right into uh, the third law. Third law is make it easy. And we have a couple of chapters here under the third law. Chapter 11, walk slowly but never backward. Which basically means continue to keep moving forward um, but don't take a step back. As you, you know, little baby steps, moving an inch at a time is better than... Taking steps backwards because then you're, you're back to square one. So from the book, it, it is easy to get bogged down trying to find the optimal plan for change. Losing weight, building muscle, working a side business. We are so focused on figuring out the best approach that we never get around to taking action. When you are in motion, you're planning and strategizing and learning. Those are all good things, but they don't produce a result action on the other hand is the type of behavior that will deliver an outcome so let's um, come up with a couple of examples here so let's say that you have a goal um, to be a a great free throw shooter in basketball so let's say that a uh, a uh, a guy or a gal in high school is or even in college wants to improve their free throw shooting so let's say that part of their process is to shoot 100 free throws a day. And that will in turn, hopefully improve their, the number of free throws they make. But if they don't, if they just set the, the goal and if they just say, this is what I'm going to do hundred free, th-, but they hundred free throws a day, but then they, they end up not adhering to the schedule and they miss a day and then they miss two days and then instead of shooting 100 free throws before they leave for the day they only shoot 50 or 25 this is exactly what it's talking about is you've got to put in the reps you don't nearly you don't you don't make just a plan you need to actually put it into practice so you get in the gym and you shoot your 100 free throws and whether you make them or not is another story but the fact that you're practicing them is where you are putting in the work. Let's say that, uh, another example, you want to become a writer and you want to write your first novel. And let's say that you tell yourself, okay, well, every day I'm going to write no less than 1,000 words a day. And it doesn't matter what they look like. It doesn't matter how good it is. It doesn't matter how many typographical errors i have or whatever but i'm going to make my i'm going to get in my 1000 words a day so the the day comes and you 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 uh, write your thousand thousand words a day then the next day comes and then you're like you only write 500 words a day and then the next day comes and you skip it And, and you're getting further away from where you're wanting to go so we get back to what we just said You've got to continue to put in the reps day after day after day. And as this chapter stated in the beginning, walk slowly but never backward. As long as you are making progress and as long as you are shooting those 100 free throws, doesn't matter if you're making them. As long as you're shooting them or as long as you are writing 1,000 words a day. Again, it, at, at this point, It doesn't matter if the words are any good. It doesn't matter if you have a bunch of errors. It's that you are actually doing the work and putting in the repetition. And that repetition is going to build that habit that's going to get you where you want to go because you're taking action every single day. So... How long does it take to actually form a new habit? Well, <clears throat> I think we've, uh, we've all read where, you know, 21 days, three weeks is what it takes to build a new habit. Um, some people say that it's longer. Some people say that it's maybe less but going back to the book, habit formation is the process by which a behavior becomes progressively more automatic through repetition. The more you repeat an activity, the more the structure of your brain changes to become efficient at that activity. And that kind of ties into what we were talking about, about the, the, the free throws and the uh, writing a thousand words a day. Repeating a habit leads to clear physical changes in the brain. Each time you repeat an action, you are activating a particular neural Circuit associated with that habit. This means that simply putting your reps in is one of the most critical steps you can take to encoding a new habit. And this just ties to what we were talking about. Doing the work, doing the repetition is what, it it triggers something in your brain that helps you uh, continue to work on that each day automaticity, I don't even think I said that correctly, is the ability to perform a behavior without thinking about each step, which occurs when the non-conscious mind takes over. So I talked about it before. How long does it take to start a new habit? 21 days, maybe longer. How many how many repetitions are required to make a new habit automatic? The thing is, is that the thing that matters the most is that you take the actions that you need to make the process and make it easy. Okay. Chapter 12, this is the law of least effort. So we don't want to work for the result. We just want to do the minimal amount of effort and the result will come. And that's just, you know, through human nature. Um, but conventional wisdom holds that motivation is the key to habit change. Our real motivation is to be lazy. It's to, to do what is convenient. We don't want to have to really work hard for to get what we want or to get a, a, an end result. But the bottom line is that every action requires a certain amount of energy. The idea is to make it as easy as possible in the moment to do things that pay off in the long run. So. For example, in writing those thousand words every day, you want to set up set yourself up to where, okay, you know, I've got a good computer or I've got a good you know writing tablet, and I am in a, um, you know, a comfortable position and I and I have I'm, I carve out the time every day to do it, and I um, it, I, I can see, the end result, but I can also, at the end of those thousand words, I can also see, you know, actions being, you know, occurring, and I can actually see progress being made. How to achieve more with less effort. Trying to pump up your motivation, this is coming from the book, to stick with a hard habit is like trying to force water through a bent hose. You can do it, but it requires a lot of effort and increases the tension in your life. One of the most effective ways to reduce the friction associated with your habits is to practice environment design. And what this means is, um, let's you know, getting back to shooting of the free throws. Well, the first thing I need to do is I need to uh, create the environment that's going to allow me to do that. And what is that going to be? Well, I have to have a a place where I can shoot free throws. I need to have a basketball. I need to have a hoop, whether I use a gym or whether I use, you know, a, a a hoop that I have outside or, or wherever. So, you know, I've created that environment. Um, and I need to obviously pack my, you know, my gym clothes or whatever, or, or workout clothes, uh, if I'm going to do this before or after work or whatever, or before, or after school. And then, um, like I said, carve out the time. If it's gonna take me an hour to shoot 100 free throws, then I need to make sure that I give myself that hour. Another way to look at this is with the 1,000 words of writing. So, to create the environment, I need to find a room where, you know, in my house or, or wherever, um, where I am going to, this, where I will be writing. And it needs to be, um, you know, quiet or whatever it, you know, whatever kind of environment I want. If I'm using a computer, I need to have a computer readily available. If I need to, I need to have good lighting. Um, and I just need to, I need to create the environment where I can, you know, make this happen. Um, so that's what we're, we're talking about when we're talking about environment. Habit, habits, excuse me going back to the book, habits are easier to build when they fit into the flow of your life. Too often we try to start habits in high friction environment. The central idea is to create an environment where doing the right thing is as easy as possible. So let's say you're trying to write your 1000 words, but you're doing it at the dinner table or you're doing it in the living room where, you know, your family is watching the, you know, they're watching a, a movie, or they're watching TV, or, you know, there's lots of distractions that are occurring. So, p- put yourself in an environment that is going to allow you to start that process. Chapter 13 of the book says, Stop Procrastinating. The idea is to make your habits as easy as possible to start. A new habit should not feel like a challenge. Master the habit of showing up. Make it easy to start and the rest will follow. Habits can be completed in a few seconds, but continue to impact your behavior for minutes or hours afterwards. Standardize before you optimize. So again, getting back to the writing of the book, <clears throat> the fact that you walk upstairs to the room and you have open up the computer and you put it to um, the Word document and, and then you just you, you, you put yourself a timer or you have word count listed, and then you just start typing. And, you know, all of that is very simple. It's, it's easy. The hard part is going to be, you know, coming up with the words and the sentences and paragraphs that you want to write. But before you even start typing one word or writing one word, you've allowed yourself something very easy to just get going and just to get started and do it. Chapter 14, make good habits inevitable and bad habits impossible. So from the book, commitment device is a choice you make in the present that controls your actions in the future. They increase the odds that you'll do the right thing in the future by making bad habits difficult in the present. The best way to break a bad habit is to make it impractical to do so. Increase the friction until you don't even have the option to act. So let's you know, we'll we'll go to the the, the shooting of free throws. Um, if the the fact that if you don't work on your free throws and you don't go to the gym or go wherever you're going to shoot them every day and shoot your your one hundred free throws, well, for one you're never going to get better, and you you will see that immediately. And two, in in the games that you play, you'll feel very Um, you won't feel as confident when you go, when you, when you get fouled and you go to the free throw line, because you, you're not sure if you're going to make the the free throw. Whereas if you had put in the work and put in your rep, your repetitions, you still may miss the free throw. You're just not going to miss as many. And two, you're going to feel confident. You're going to feel confident whether you make the shot or not, because you have put in the reps. And so, um, this is where the the ladder of um, of not sticking with a habit um, is going to is going to pay dividends for you because you're not going to want to face the consequences down the road. The fourth law and the final law of this book is make it satisfying. So. Chapter Fifteen: The Cardinal Rule of Behavioral Change. We are more likely to repeat a behavior when the experience is satisfying, and vice versa. What is rewarded is repeated. What is punished is avoided. So, you know, a, 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 you know, a way to, um, to to put it in perspective is you. Let's say you're um, you're trying to get in shape, and you are um, you're, you're working out and you are, um, you're running or whatever your, whatever, whatever your workout program is, you, and it's not going to happen right away as far as, you know, seeing it on the scale or seeing your body transform, but you will see it and you'll feel it. So let's say you go for a 30 minute jog and your, your end goal is to improve your fitness, and to lose weight, well, you're not going to see it on the scale, and you're not going to see it in your body after that very, very first run. But what you will see and feel is is you, you, you're gonna you're gonna notice how you feel. You feel better. You you there's uh, your dopamine has kicked in, which gives you a a good feeling like. Yeah, that was really good that I got out there and ran because I feel so much better. I feel I I can feel, you know, my um, I I feel what that physical activity did to my body, and so the more you repeat that, you'll be rewarded with that. Um, As opposed to, like for me, if I don't get in some sort of workout at least five or six days a week, I mean, I feel. I just don't feel good. I don't feel like I've, you know benefited myself. So um, so when I work out, the uh, the reward for me is feeling good. The punishment for me is if I haven't worked out and I and I missed a day. Most people will spend all day chasing big hits of satisfaction. However, if you're willing to wait for the rewards, the payoff will be bigger. The last mile is always the least, the least crowded, and that's coming from the book. Chapter 16, sticking with good habits every day. Come up with some sort of a habit tracker that, um, that will help you. And, and having a habit tracker creates three benefits. Benefit number one, habit tracking is obvious. The mere act of tracking a behavior can spark the urge to change it. Benefit two, habit tracking is attractive. Benefit three: Habit tracking is satisfying. One of the most satisfying feelings is the feeling of making progress, and that's coming from the book. Something as simple as checking the, uh, you know, marking off a date on the calendar. So, you know, I'm going to write my 1,000 words every day, and I ha- and I am checking it. I'm and my big, you know, my simple habit tracker is a calendar. So I'm supposed to start today. I I get in my 1,000 words, and I cross it off with an X. Just something as simple as crossing that date off with an X is super satisfying for many of us. And when you don't get it done and you see that there's a gap there in your dates then that's what says, okay, well, I'm not going to, I'm not going to keep that going. I'm going to get back on track with crossing off my, crossing off the dates. So anyway, come, come up with whatever your habit tracker is. It could be simple as something. It could be an elaborate thing or it could be something as simple as just checking, you know, check mark on a date. Chapter 17 says accountability partner. So find somebody that's going to hold you accountable. Excuse me. So for me, if I if my goal is to become a writer and I'm working at writing <clears throat> 1000 words a day, then I need to have somebody that's accountable. You know, it, whether it's my wife or uh, another family member or a friend, someone that can say, hey, have you written your thousand words today? And if you haven't, then, you, you know, you need to get over there and start banging on that computer. Um, and just the fact of having somebody, you know, it's the same with, you know, having a gym partner Or a walking partner. Um, Somebody that's gonna say, hey, you know, we said that we were gonna do this and, uh, you know, we're here to hold each other accountable. Create a habit contract, verbal or written agreement in which you state your commitment to a particular habit and the punishment that will occur if you don't follow through. Knowing that someone else is watching you or with you can be a very powerful motivator. A few other points here as we close this out. Build habits that work for your personality. So if your goal is to lose weight and get in shape, um, and if you hate running, well, then building a habit to go on a run every day or every other day is not, is not going to work for your personality. If walking is more of your thing, then that's what you should build your habit towards. Choose a habit that best suits you, not the one that's the most popular, um, Let's say, for example, what's what's a good one there? Um, Well, just like we talked about with walking and running, you know, there's, you know, plenty of people that, you know, love to run. And but if that's not your thing, then you need to stick to something else that's going to be more along your lines and something that you're going to enjoy doing every day. (laughs) Pick a habit that is easy to follow through on. Picking habits that aren't too hard. And aren't too easy, but just right in the middle. Wrapping this up, sticking with habits will be mundane, routine, and boring, but it is the person continues to get the reps and put in the work that will succeed. And to sum it up, um, so we've discussed a lot with, in in these last three episodes, with the four laws of behavior, according to James Clear in his book, Atomic Habits, Um, but Let's just sum it up with uh, the last chapter of the book, which is uh, the conclusion, and it's entitled The Secret to Results That Last. There's an ancient Greek parable known as the Sorites Paradox, which talks about the effect one small action can have when repeated through enough times. One formulation of the paradox goes as follows. Can one coin make a person rich? If you give a person a pile of ten co- coins, you wouldn't claim that he or she is rich. But what if you add another and another and another? At some point you will have to do to you will have to admit that one can be rich unless one coin can make him or her so. We can say the same thing about atomic habits. Can one tiny change transform your life? It's unlikely you would say so. But if but what if you made another and another and another? At some point you will have to admit That your life was transformed by one small change. The holy grail of habit change is not a single 1% improvement, but a thousand of them. It's a bunch of atomic habits stacking up each one, a fundamental unit of the overall system. In the beginning, small improvements can seem often meaningless because they get washed away by the weight of the system. Just as one coin won't won't make you rich, one positive change like meditating for one minute or reading one page each day is unlikely to deliver a noticeable difference. Gradually, though, as you continue to layer small changes on top of one another, the scales of life start to improve. Each improvement is like adding a grain of sand to the positive side of the scale, slowly tilting things in your favor. Eventually, you stick with it. You hit a tipping point. Suddenly, it feels easier to stick with good habits. The weight of the system is working for you rather than against you. Over the course of this book, we've looked at dozens of stories about top performers. We've heard about Olympic gold medalists, award-winning artists, business leaders, life-saving physicians, and star comedians who have all used the science of small habits to master their craft and vault to the top of the field. Each of these people, teams, and companies we have covered has faced different circumstances, but ultimately processed in the same way through a commitment to tiny and sustainable, unrelenting improvements. Success is not a goal to reach or a finish line to cross. It is a system to improve an endless process to refine. In chapter one, I said, if you're having trouble changing your habits, the problem isn't you. The problem is your system. Bad habits repeat themselves again and again, and not because you don't want to change, but because you have the wrong system for change. As this book draws to a close, I hope the opposite is true. With The Four Laws of Behavior Change, you have, you have a set of tools and strategies that you can use to build better systems and shape better habits. Sometimes a habit will be hard to remember, and you'll need to make it obvious. Other times you won't feel like starting, and you'll need to make it attractive. In many cases, you may find that a habit will be too difficult, and you'll need to make it easy. And sometimes you won't feel like sticking with it, and you'll need to make it satisfying. So he just talked about the four laws of behavior. Make it obvious, make it attractive, make it easy, and make it satisfying. This is a continuous process. There's no finish line. There's no permanent solution. Whenever you're looking to improve, you can locate, you can rotate through your four laws of behavior change until you find the text bottleneck. Make it obvious, attractive, easy, and satisfying. Round and round. Always looking for the next way to get 1% better. The secret to getting results that last is to never stop making improvements. It's remarkable what you can build if you just don't stop. It's remarkable the business you can build if you don't stop working. It's remarkable the body you can build if you don't stop training. It's remarkable the knowledge you can build if you don't stop learning. It's remarkable the fortune you can build if you don't stop saving. It's remarkable the friendships you can build if you don't stop caring. Small habits don't add up. They compound. That's the power of atomic habits. Tiny changes, remarkable results. And that's the uh, final conclusion chapter of Atomic Habits by James Clear. And I wanted to cover this book, these last three episodes, because I just thought it's... There's so many good nuggets and so many good lessons in, in the book that... And many of us are always like, well, I, you know, I, how do I start good habits? How do I get rid of bad habits? And I just thought that you know, I would share this for the, the last three episodes of, uh, of a way that, uh, that uh, the author has uh, worked for him and, and worked for other people. So anyway, I hope you enjoyed these last three episodes and until next time.